0: We are so glad you have come with us. We are excited today. This is Greater New Jerusalem Temple of Truth, Sanctify Churches of Deliverance. And we are excited to be able to bring to you our podcast. We are here to talk about many different subjects. And you know, you know, you know, we are going to talk mainly about the word of Yahweh. He is so great, he is so gracious, and he is so kind. We ask that you sit back and we are so grateful. To bring to you divine enlightenment, Amen. For we're here with a divine word to enlighten your consciousness, to enlighten your soul, and most of all, to renew your spirit. At this time, I'm so honored to have the co-host, Amen, Elder Leonard Scott, with us, and we have with us one of the greatest guests that we could possibly know, and that is Elder Candace Merritt, Amen. And today, today we're just going to just talk about many different subjects and some you may know about and some you may not. Amen. But we just want to talk about these subjects and uh, just touch on them a little bit just to be able to reach all of you. Uh, the first thing that I'm going to talk, I'm going to bring up, and I am your co-host, amen, Bishop Herman H. Davis, and we want you to share and we want you to subscribe all over. Amen. And uh, the first subject that I I really want to talk about today is taking us back to our Bible class, and we're going to do more in-depth on it, but we, we know that everything that we do spiritually and everything that we even hope to do has to come from our consciousness. That is the root of all things change. It has to come from the consciousness. A new life, a new start, amen, even a new you, it must come from the consciousness, which is the mind. And on this past Wednesday, uh, one of our elders uh, our cause, Elder Leonard Scott, brought such a profound word, and he brought it out of the book of Philippians. Uh, I'm sure he went many different places, but that, that is what stuck with my head. Philippians, where Shaw Paul, you call him, he made it very clear where he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Yahshua, the Messiah, and for those of you, Jesus the Christ. And we're going to talk to Elder Scott for right now and let him really begin to shed some more light on that subject and that teaching because one thing that we do know and one thing that we definitely need and that is a change of mind. Elder Scott, what do you have to say about that?
1: It's a pleasure to be here. I just want to just talk more about the mind and about how we as the people of Yahweh we have to make sure our mind and the whole mind is encompassed around who he is and who Yahweh is our Heavenly Father is within us and mm-hmm. uh, just what started the whole thing was subconscious thinking about the, the depth of the subconscious how we talk about the consciousness as by itself but a lot of times we don't really speak about the subconscious mind or talk about the severity or how severe the subconscious mind is to each and every one of us and in order for us to talk about the mind in depth, we have to also not only just talk about the consciousness of man, but also the subconscious of man as well. So that's where that, uh, to my topic in scripture came from, from that uh, Bible class for that lesson. Um, because in order to talk about the mind, you have to talk about the whole mind and not just part of it. And in that mind, that
0: subconscious mind is. Horrific because that subconscious mind, it is the thing that holds us mostly in captivity because there's so many things that we've encountered in our lives and so many things that we've been through throughout our lives and a lot of things we say that we've forgotten, we've forgiven, and we've moved on. But it is so amazing how we stop and realize when we start analyzing that subconscious mind, mm-hmm. a lot of things are still there. What do you think about that, Elder Scott? Mm-hmm. Uh-
1: Think about what the things still being there from the subconscious mind. Right, the from the things that we've been through and all of that. Uh, I just think it's amazing how no matter what happens in your life, the mind still takes it and keeps it there. Even though things you may not think may be there. Is there. It's there, things from the past, the present, yes. even things that you want to accomplish in the future. Because you can, that's where speaking things to existence comes into play because when you speak into existence, it goes to your subconscious mind, your subconscious then plays off of that which you put in the atmosphere. So therefore your mind then leads you into that path of what you would like to go within your life. So that's why speaking is so important as well. That's why speaking things to existence is so important. And not speaking the right things is important as well if we don't speak the wrong things because those can shape and form our future as well, which also plays within our subconscious mind. Our subconscious plays on so many facets of life that you you can touch on different avenues, in that topic alone, you can hit on different avenues. That is a broad conversation and
0: one that is much needed. Because we all deal with so many things, we deal with anxieties, we deal with what they call depression. and So many things, And a lot of things that we deal with is because of the things that linger, remain in our self-conscious. And guess what? No one is exempted. Even if you try through life, life just comes and it brings things that we don't expect, things that we don't want, and things that we never asked for, and they just come. So, personally, I would say we all are victims of it. No matter how we try to really perfect it and really uh, stay out clear from it, we all have become victims of an overload, I call it, of the subconscious mind. What do you think about that, the other candidates,
2: As you are, are, are speaking, it actually took me back um, right into my beginning days of being saved and saying yes because so many times I was I, I was told that I couldn't do this and I wasn't um, fit to be be somebody. And, and maybe the people didn't even realize that it was, maybe the people didn't even realize that they were tearing me down from the inside, but coming um, here to Greater New Jerusalem and being taught that the subconscious mind had to be maintained and dealt with and go through therapy before you, I can consciously, truly say yes, then that's what helps me. That's what helps me because if I would've stayed with, you're not gonna be anything, then I might not have been able to receive the word that said that I can do all things through Yahshua, yeah. whose who strengthens me. Right. You know, so so um, the subconscious is is it's very imperative that we tap into that or we won't be able to consciously believe anything that the word is saying. I,
0: I, I strongly believe that when it comes to the word and the consciousness, they have to become one. And the, the the battle that we fight, many people say you fight the devil and 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 we have our panoramic view of what the devil is, but actually, the enemy lives within, you know, and that enemy plagues our minds in many avenues, whether it be yesterday, the Sabbath school was dealing with uh, traditional things, uh, traditional curses, uh, even tradition itself has been passed down, and it has been also tucked away in the subconscious mind, and I, I just, you know, I'm so excited, you guys, for being here with this uh, podcast for the simple reason is that it requires us all to, we're going through such a horrific time in our world, and and, and the coronavirus is everywhere, and, and so many things are taking place in our world, you know, the financial hardships, and people being evicted, and People losing their loved ones and not even able to be there with them. These are things that as much as we say we are standing in the will of the Father, it still goes into the subconscious mind of us. You know, because anytime you have a feeling, anytime you feel, you're going to also think. And those feelings are going to some kind of way become a part of your subconscious mind. And because this is a part, my personal opinion, because this is a part of, of, uh, our, our humanistic ways, we have to also become so spiritual minded and embedded in the word that we're able, we have the strength, we have the ability to go into the subconscious mind when we see that we're off track, we're, we're not aligning ourselves. And we are, all of us, are victims of this. You know, and if you're not, I would love for you to contact me. And let me know what your remedy is because I love it with all of my heart. But I am also attacked. I'm also a victim of the things that have been in my subconscious mind. And it just as much as I would love to go in and just shovel it out and be through with it, it is a process. Mm -hmm. But it's a process that you must be willing to go through. And my personal thing is the only way we're going to go through that process successfully is in the word of the Almighty. You know, and one thing I would, we we are a Hebrew Pentecostal uh, congregation, so you will hear us, amen, his name is Yahweh, we will call him Yahweh, Yahshua, the Messiah. So we just want you to be uh, knowledgeable of that as we go back to Elder Scott and talk a little bit more about this mind-conscious thing and the subconscious mind. Elder Scott. Uh,
1: What would you like me to talk about on the subconscious mind so much? Well, Um, um. Yes, the subconscious mind and the mind just got to make sure we have it regulated at all times. Um, as regulated as we know how and even further than that, uh, we can think that we have things in line and things in order and come to find out it's not as in line as order as we think it is. We think that we may have our focus in line or as focused as we want to be, but may not be as focused as we should be. or. Same thing, where it, 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 can, it can hit so many avenues, it can hit life, work, world, all of our affairs, because in order for us to even have it right within the word, we have to make sure we apply it within our lives as well. Um, so it it just goes deep, it's scriptures, shawl, a lot of people get shawl, but as talked about in the Bible class, like Isaiah was one that talked about the mind as well, so it's all about the Bible, it's not just. Shaw and spoke on spiritual aspects as well of the mind, but it was also within the volume 1 or Old Testament, People you will take it as, that the mind has been talked about as well and was talked about and still is. If you read it, for how it's supposed to be read and not how we want to read it for ourselves.
0: Yeah, we definitely the word, the word from Genesis to Revelation, from the beginning to the end of it, it deals with the mind process and it deals with the uh, giving us instructions, knowing that we were going to be weak in our consciousness. And it, it is to teach us how to not make excuses for the things that are in us and the things that have been passed down to us through generational curses. Because if not, you're going to pass them down to your, your loved ones. It, it just becomes from generation to generation to generation. And so at some point in the game, somebody, has to make a conscious decision, that for him I live, move, and have my being. And in that, in that, in that, they start going into their subconscious mind, and they begin to push that delete button. And you've got to look at the things that's in there. You may not see them all. Well, better yet, you will not see them all. But in hopes that when you push one thing in delete, there is another thing that is attached to it that will have no other choice but to be deleted as well because we we have to come to a newness of thought a newness in consciousness in order for us to be uh, in alignment with the word and in the in alignment with the word i'm here to tell you we must Mm -hmm. i I really don't know how we're going to make it how we're going to carry the word uh uh, how are we going to stand in his power in his will If we are not willing to go in and delete that word. So it is imperative that we really see the subconscious for what it is. It has its good place. However, it can become overloaded, and I never will forget, I saw a movie by Tyler Perry, and the name of the movie was A Family That Prays, and when the woman found out that she had been diagnosed with early stages of onset Alzheimer's, she got to the point where she started forgetting, and then she tried to hide it from her friend, and then when she told her friend that she had it, she told her friend in this way, she said, the memory bank is overloaded. The memory bank is overloaded. And when you get so much in that subconscious mind, I can tell you, it becomes a memory bank overloaded. And the only way, only thing I know to do with anything that is overloaded is to unload it. You know, uh, you, you you got to unload it if uh, if it's overloaded in order for you to be able to reload it. So you, you can't even add nothing new to something that is overloaded. So you have to unload it in order to reload it. So I am, I am excited, amen, for you everywhere. Wherever you're watching, I am excited. I am excited for the Word. I'm excited for His truth. I'm excited for our guests. I am always excited for the people of Yahweh, wherever you may be, you know, and I know we're living in a troubled time, and, and the coronavirus, and, and the news media, and all of these tragic things that are taking place, and all of the deaths, and I tell you, I see a lot of generals in the gospel being taken home, and uh, it, it just makes me stop and think, which I, 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 I wonder how Do do, do people that say they believe really stop and look at what's going on, not only in the world, not only in world affairs, uh, political arenas, but do they really look at the things that are going on into their own lives, their world and their affairs? And that brought me to 2 Chronicles uh, 7 and 14, where it reads this, it says, If my people, and we read out of the book of Yahweh, which it really varies a little difference." between your book, the King James Version. But it reads in this manner, it says, if my people who are called with my name, and and in that, that is a lesson within itself, will humble themselves, and that humility is something that we speak. Humility is even something that many of us preachers preach, but we really don't have it. Because when there is humility, there is not arrogance, There is that attitudishness and and all of that. So those are the things that we really need to look at and see why it is so imperative that we are humble. We're humble because when we're humble, we can hear. When we're humble, we can see. And when we're humble, we can be led. Amen. But when you're not humble, it is hard for you to be led because you always want to be in the light. Of everything, And there are so many people, I, I'm sure some of you have ran into people that have to be seen, they have to be heard, they have to be, they feel good and at their best when you're giving them a praise. But where does the humility come in? What if nobody ever praises you? <clears throat> what if nobody ever exalts you? you? You've got to know who you are and not by who you are by your mother and your father, but who you are by the word of Yahweh. And it says, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. That scripture itself makes me really stop and think for a moment. Uh, What's going on? All of this sickness, the death angel is truly riding in the land and I'm not one. To be here to tell you that he is coming back now. But I will tell you that he is on his way back. So when we start thinking about the world events. Elder Scott. Uh, and this scripture here. What do you think that this is really telling us. As a people.
1: Uh, I think personally also. Um, for sure. What our world events. Is to make us humble. But I also think that it's. um More than humility too. Like you got to be humble but. Humility can only go so far if you're not willing. Because I know people that's humble, but they don't keep the foundation. I know people personally that's humble, they don't keep the word. So I can be a humble person and be the nicest person you ever met, but if I don't keep the foundation properly, well, humility means nothing. It may okay. You may I think the scripture, scripture that talks about you can you know you may be able to get ease into heaven for being somebody is humble maybe but at the same token because you know only what you know and they'd be able to go off of what you know but however in everybody's lifetime we've all came across the truth and what the truth is because humility as I stated before it does I believe that plays a major part however it also goes you gotta have a foundation as well because humility without the foundation it's like the foundation without humility it just don't work it doesn't to me, it doesn't work at all. So I think it's a mixture of both. It's a mixture of not having humility and not also keeping the foundation which was given to us from the very beginning as well. And
0: the foundation is the Word, His name Yahweh, and the keeping of His law. Am I correct? Yes, sir. His yes, sir. law, His statutes, His judgment, right. and His
1: prophets. What well, I mean, what what do you think of it, Candace?
2: I would say Bishop Bishop said it when he said we get so overloaded. So we have to know that we have to unload to reload, and reading that scripture, if we want to be called with His name, we can't hear Him if we're overloaded with ourselves and with our own life and our own worlds and our own affairs. So, I think I think that said humility will come with it. If you are, if you have enough humility, not even enough. If you have humility to understand that you need to that you're overloaded, so you need to some way find a way to to um. Unload so you can reload and understand that your reloading need to be the foundation, which is the word of Yahweh, which is instruction and being able to follow, then I think humility will come much easier when you, you have to understand that I'm overloaded. Because some people will say I'm okay, I'm blessed, I'm good, everything is okay. And the truth of the matter is they're enslaving themselves and they're allowing it to happen. So they'll walk away from you knowing that they needed your help knowing that they needed um, um, a guidance, knowing that they needed a new way out. But because of pride, they're unable to accept it or even admit that I'm overloaded and screaming out in the inside that I need help. So I think that, like, that's perfect, and that just settled into my soul when he said it. If I'm overloaded, I must, I must understand that so I can reload. So I think that was perfect.
0: I fully understand what the Elder Scott is saying and, and the Elder Candace. I do agree with Elder Scott in this wise that humility is not the only step to uh, divine deliverance. Mm-hmm. You know, humility is just one of the process in the step. We have to apply the word for what it is, mm-hmm. for what it is, and the foundation of the word, and here we go, and this may be definitely a controversial word here, but we there's no other way we can serve him According, well, we cannot serve him the way we want to serve him. We have to serve him the way he has instituted for us to serve him and in the ways that he says. And 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 when it comes to humility, there are people that are humble, just like there are people that are nice, but not, not necessarily are they going to make it in. And we're not here as a judge to who is and who is not going to make it end. But when he starts talking about turn from their wicked ways, we've got to understand he wasn't just talking to the world and all of the things that they do. But wickedness can be in the house of prayer. And it doesn't have to deal with sexual promiscuity. It doesn't have to deal with drinking or smoking. But wickedness is when you know the truth and you refuse to teach it and stand on it. And I'm sure I read my Bible just like you have, and I'm sure that you read the same thing no matter what Bible you read it out of unless it's been translated so much that it has deleted and diluted so much in the Bible. But if it's the KJV and we read out of the book of Yahweh uh, and comparing them both side by side, it's saying the same thing. And here it talks about the, the, the commandments. It talks of that's the foundation. And when we talk about the commandments, many people talk to us as, okay, there you go. We're no longer under bondage. We're no longer under the law. The, the, the letter and the spirit, the letter kill it and the spirit make it alive. And they say that without full understanding of what they're saying. And the whole, the whole picture of it is, is that if we're going to do the will of the Father, you know, and, and then it's, it, is, it is so vital that we go and understand, learn what the will of the Father is, what he wants from us. So humility is one of the attributes that is required of us. I, I think that we have adapted to the, that requirement more so than the foundational requirement, and that is we show ourselves as friendly, quote unquote, Christians. Uh, we smile at the proper and the right time. We show sympathy and we're sympathetic at the right and right time. But these things are things that we 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 uh, we, we 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 become. We put out of our, our, our ourselves. But yet, when the word becomes the light and the foundation, and His Sabbaths and His Truth and His Name, which is Yahweh, Amen. I'm sorry. His name is that. His name is nothing else but that. And, and and in that in that same scripture, why would he even say, Amen, call with my name? Mm-hmm. Amen, call with my name. Right. That right there made us understand that there was gonna be others that called him by many other names. Mm-hmm. But the ultimate is that we have got to learn his name because it is also considered wicked ways. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't know better, you're not held accountable. You know it's better to know the way and do it or not than to know the way and do it or not, and you'll be beaten with many stripes. So, the ultimate of that is is that when you really read this scripture and ask yourself the question, okay, humble themselves. So, number one, this is an individual journey for as your humility. And I do believe that humility and the acceptance of the foundation, as Elder Scott said, and so, so eloquently put it, when you really humble yourself to the word, it builds you up on the foundation of the word. But when you humble yourself according to society, it just makes you a nice person. It just makes you smile at the right time and and even be charitable. A lot of things that are charitable, they're really not charitable. It's the end of the year, and they're giving things away as charities so it can be a write-off on their taxes. Mm -hmm. Charity is when you give and don't receive anything. You just get excited for giving. But I do understand charity is business, and we must handle business. And there are things that we should be charitable in. And if you're able to get back, yes. But do not put this into the Word. Because that's not the charity that he's speaking of. Charity is when you give and don't expect nothing back. You know, just the scripture declares, what comes from the heart will reach the heart. So it it says, humble themselves and pray. Pray, we know prayer is... Nothing but communication, affirmation, affirming. How can you affirm when you don't know who you're talking to? Mm -hmm. Or who you're affirming with? It's virtually, it's impossible to affirm something when you're not sure of the foundation in which you're standing on or you're standing on a foundation that is not foundational. Mm -hmm. Those things those things really, 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 really make me stop and think. And remember, we're just here. We're just talking and chewing the fat, as the old folks call it. Mm-hmm. Chewing the you know, chewing the fat about the word. Amen. So let's. Uh, in, in that, it says, and then it says, "My faith and turn from your, their wicked ways." Now, He's not going to turn us. Mm-hmm. No. He's not going to turn us. We got to be be willing to turn. And let me tell you something in my own experience: to turn to the truth. Comes with a price. Because people come against you, people do not like you, people talk
1: about you, and you become like the oddball in in the ring. I think the worst is you come against yourself, though. If you think, but like the worst is not necessarily coming against people, but it's coming against yourself because you're coming against them what you declared before you came to the truth as truth. You see what I'm saying? So I I think that to me is the worst than anybody else because. You can go against family if you change your mind within yourself. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you change your mind, but if my mind is not completely changed, then my family can convince me easily. And I can go back to doing the exact same thing I was doing without any type of anything hindering me or feeling guilty about anything at all. Man. But if my mind is completely made whole, as we talk about the mind completely made whole, and made new, and I'm sure you'll correct me wrong, then no matter who comes with them, the past or whatever, they come with something that's completely contrary to what I know for a fact is true. I will not move. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I do agree. What do you think about that? Well,
2: I agree with that. You have to know it for yourself or I would have been gone. Exactly. Yeah. I would have been gone. So it, many people crazy. told me I was crazy and, mm-hmm. and I was silly and nobody worships, worships on Saturdays and, you know, all of that good stuff. So... If I didn't
0: believe it for myself, I would have been gone. Yeah. I, I would have been gone too as a pastor and as a bishop. I would have been. And, and people don't think they're pastors and they walk away every day. But some pastors is just born and called and chosen for this. And in that, uh, it just makes us, uh, makes us stand through, through the thick and the thin. However, there's days and there has been days that I would have walked away myself. If I wasn't rooted and grounded in this truth, mm-hmm. because the, the the fact of the matter is, is that when you come to this truth, and then you mm-hmm. have to preach it, and then you live it, or you ha- and then you have to live it because you want to live it, then people look at that, and if they see you living it more than two days, mm-hmm. then they coming at you. Mm-hmm. If they see you living it more than two days, they cool with you. Mm-hmm. If you went and got something today, a and you yeah, a weekend thing. And and everybody's cool and happy and excited. Oh, she done went to church. She done got this thing for two days. But on that third day, if you come back on Monday talking about Yahweh, Yahshua, the Messiah, the Saturday, the Sabbath, the original day, you are getting ready to be put on the chopping block. I promise you, your best friend is getting ready to set you up, your girlfriends, your boo, your dog, your cat. Your your cuz, your bro, all of them are gonna start looking at you in a whole different light. Then this is when you're gonna hear the word. They are become a part of a cult. Now let me tell y'all something. Yes. On that subject, the word cult was never meant to be a negative word. Mm-hmm. The definition of a cult is just merely most of you are cults out there. Mm-hmm. Amen. And, and the reason being, if you're close to your mama, your daddy, mm-hmm. your sisters, or your brothers, you are considered by way of definition a cult. Yes. A cult is just in definition is nothing but a close knitted family. However, we know that in everything positive there is a lot negative. And in some things that have been labeled as cult, it always represented or demonstrated negativity. And and we know that it, it, it demonstrated such things that made people look upon the word cult and judge. Mm-hmm. And you know, people mainly in the church are quick to pass judgment, but they're very slow to look at the word. Now, I know they got theological degrees, and they've looked at it from frontward to backward, but my my personal opinion is there's a word within a word. Amen. And it it is so imperative, and I don't mean to be using that word a lot, but it is. It's very serious. That we look at that word and then look at it again. And then, in many cases, look at it again. So, when this truth comes, and as Elder Scott said, the ultimate of coming into the truth is that it will stir up. Mm -hmm. It will stir up the pot. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you're not sure of who you are and you go back home just with excitement, then somebody is going to be laying in the gut to convince you, you are in the wrong thing, you are in the wrong movement, and they are brainwashing you. You can talk about
1: deeper than that because what code is also, as you stated, it's not just a close-knit family, but in that close-knit family, somebody's running that close-knit family to where they want you to do, what they want you to do, how they want you to do it, and if you look at every single family, I don't care who it is, you want that child or whoever's in that family to do whatever you want them to because you feel that that's the best for them to do. And if they don't, there's consequences, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just, What's the difference between that and the real world circumstances? Mm-hmm. It's the same exact thing that if you're in something that's beneficial to you and for you, you're going to listen because you feel like that's what's pushing you in the way that you should go. So, in all actuality, everybody's in the cult. Every single person that is born into this earth is in the cult, especially if you have somebody who cares about you and loves you, which most do when they have a mother or a father that wants them to do something, mm-hmm. they're going to push and if you disappoint them, they're going to let you know with all of what they feel that you disappointed them. Every single person, so everybody on this planet is or has been a part of a quote unquote code, no matter who it is. In I, my personal opinion. I, I do sure. I do agree
0: because ultimately as parents you with your children you always want you you're given the charge of training them. Exactly. So exactly. when you do train, you take a leading position yeah. <laughs> and you start telling them what to do. Now, I do know that all parents don't tell their child to do what they want them to do because they want them to be what they want them to be. But I think a good parent has to take the leadership role yes. because there are some situations in everything as a pastor, as parents, as whatever. A supervisor or whatever you have to take leadership role mm-hmm. and leadership role requires you to give instruction yeah. mm-hmm. and you've got to train you've got to show and with a parent with a the child there are many parents mm-hmm. that are not trying to make their child mm-hmm. live the life that they want them to live but they want to train them and they want to chasing them so they won't mm-hmm. live a life yeah. that would be beneath their opportunity yes amen you know that their opportunity will be so great that they can be whatever they Mm -hmm. want to be in a great opportunity and not on skid roll or or on the corner selling Mm -hmm. drugs and and what have you you know uh Mm -hmm. i see a lot of parents they do that you know myself i'm not a parent uh however i have parented a lot of children And I really never want you to do what I want you to do, but I just want you to know that there's much better for you. Mm -hmm. And when people are satisfied with where they are, that's where the battle becomes Mm -hmm. when you try to show them there is a better way, there is Mm -hmm. a better life. Instead of stopping at high school, you can go to college, but if you don't go to college, you can still be somebody that is like a person with a college degree. Yes. Now I know a lot of people don't agree with that, but there are a lot of people that to. did not yeah. mm-hmm. exactly. uh, get a college degree, and they had a mind to want to be somebody, mm-hmm. yes. and they pursued it, mm-hmm. and that is because of how they were trained.
2: Yes,
0: it is. You know, and and yeah. I just really think that uh, you know even in the the the, the word, and, and I think people use the word cult to 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 offend. And, and I'm truly in agreement that every family is a cult. Definitely. Some family more no. a cult than others. Yes, sir. Because they're so closely knitted. And in that cult, there is somebody that is the ruler yes, of that whole family. Yes, There's sir. a big mama somewhere. Big mama. There's yes. a big mama that's bossing everybody. That. The sister <laughs> child or the, the grandma's child or, uh, the yeah. this child, they, they got something to tell, and they they got something to say. And at yeah. Thanksgiving and y'all Christmas and mm-hmm. y'all Easter, everybody happened. goes yeah. to yeah. Big Mama's house. house. Who's running it? Who's That's, running the it? Yeah. That's the runner. That's the runner of it. Yeah. You know, and even in that, as it was stated, you know, Scott said, "There are big daddies." Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know if y'all call them big daddies, but they, they, in, in the other <laughs> wait, words, who words? They matriarchs. Yes. In other words, what we're saying, there is somebody that is a controlling factor. The thing is within the house of prayer, he chooses who he wants to be Mm -hmm. the controlling factor. Because Jeremiah, which is Jeremiah, made it very clear that the Father told us Mm -hmm. he would give us the controlling Mm -hmm. factor after his own heart. Mm -hmm. And that is that he would give you shepherds mm-hmm. according to his own heart that will lead you mm-hmm. and feed you with knowledge and understanding. So how do you lead and, and feed? Sometimes, I don't know if you've ever fed a child, but sometimes a child will say they're not hungry mm-hmm. and they're starving. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. But they rather play than eat. Mm-hmm. You've got to take the reins in your hand yeah. and yeah. tell their child, uh uh-uh, come on, you're going to sit down and you're going to eat. And that child, the first time you get that bite in their mouth, they say, "Mm." mmm. But if you had never made them sit down, they would have continued to to pray. That's the same way with us. If the Father never makes us sit down, we would never come to him. We would continue to play because it's fun to be in the world. Mm -hmm. People tell you it's a miserable life of sin. No, it's not. It's everything your flesh desires. But when you come to the word, that word teaches you. That word becomes your big mama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It becomes a controlling factor in your life, world, and all of your affairs. I, I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited yeah. for my big mama. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. It, it yeah. is from Genesis to Revelation. <laughs> Amen. And one thing I like about my big mama, she'll tell me, just like my mama used to tell me, I don't care how big you get, I'm still your mama, yep. and I'll knock yep. you down. Yep. Yes,
1: sir. Now yes, sir. I know they
0: don't say that no
1: more.
0: <laughs> Amen. Cause you the you the road dog to your child. <laughs> Amen. My parent wasn't a road dog to me. She would knock me down, and, and I don't know she was the kind that threw a shoe. She never threw a skillet, but she <laughs> would throw a, she would throw a shoe or anything. And the bigger you got, they tell you, I will take something. At one time, it was a hand. Or a belt. Now, it's a two-by-four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Knocking you down. You know, so they, they didn't mind giving you a nice uh, a permitted concussion.
1: I'm Amen. thinking about
2: the cult. When you talk about the cult and, and you all are saying, like, it's always that one. It is. It's just really, is wild that the church is looked at as a cult because it has order.
0: Only some churches.
2: Yes, it ha- yes. only some churches. It has order, and that's correct. Only some churches, yep. they have order. But uh, look at it if, if you just make it simple. If you want a job at a, a Fortune 500 company, you know you have an interview coming up. You're going to get online. You're going to search out that, that company. You're going to look, and you're going to see what it is that, that, that they do, what they expect of their employees. So you're going to follow it to the letter when you're sitting before uh, uh, the interviewer. So what is the difference of you following the word? What is the difference of you following your leader? What is the difference of you believing in the one that you believe that, that Yahweh has sent for you? You're gonna to go to the information, which is the Bible. You're gonna follow it, you're gonna read it, you're gonna believe it, you're gonna trust it, and that too from the leader. Mm-hmm. So it's okay for people to go into interviews and do their homework so they can get the job. But we're looked upon as a cult because we believe in the word and we follow the leader uh, 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 in the, the things that he's saying. So, really, you just have to just like brush your shoulders off and, and believe and know your identity, and nothing will nothing move you. Nothing will move you.
0: The, the greatest thing is with this, this is a wonderful conversation. The greatest thing that I have found is that anything that prevents people from doing what they want, then they size it up or they put it in the category of it being unheard of or, 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 or even in the category of being a cult. You know, I go to church on Sunday, that's enough. But they need him Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and he's supposed to come. Then you have somebody that enjoys being in the house of prayer, that enjoys the work and has made the Father their choice. The Sabbath, their stand. The commandments, their levels of integrity. And in that, they then begin to come at you because they go to the club and yet still go to church. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there, there's, there's no word preached. That comes against that. There's no, and if there is a word, if that pastor preaches a word that comes against what they are doing, what they choose to do, I promise you, they will complain or either leave the church. Yes. Everybody wants the father to do everything they asked him to do, but they really do not want to do what he's asked them. And that has been uh that has been the thing that troubled me. Yes, we all have faults. And we all have flaws, but we're supposed to strive for perfection daily. Mm-hmm. And if we just want something to be comfortable in, buy you a dress that fits you, your size. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you're not gonna be com- you're not gonna be comfortable <laughs> in a dress that's too small. Now you may look good, but everything is so tight you can't breathe for the moment. You know, so buy you a pair of shoes expensive shoes that fit your feet, you know, if you want comfort, but you can't look for comfort in the Word because the Word is designed to do one thing, and that is to change you and not you change it. Mm -hmm. You can't change the Word. No matter how you say you're just New Testament believers and, and all of that, and in saying that, that took my mind back to an interview that I saw and it's been going on on YouTube and I've watched it and I was drawn to it because I do know the pastor, you know, and I begin to listen to it and I begin to listen to it and I begin to listen to it and in me listening to it, I really got really agitated in my spirit because, number one, when we talk about cults, when we talk about the minds of the people, and when things are a little bit more than they think it should be, then they want to say it's over over the top, it's a fanatical, uh, holy rollers, brainwashed, and they use all of those words but they never put a word to them being out there looking for somebody and mm-hmm. drinking all day and wake up in the morning with a blunt and uh, walk Have through the, the day with a blunt and, oh, that's the name of it, mm-hmm. happy Okay, so we're not supposed to dog them out and that's when they tell us, you can't judge me. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to making a stand for the righteous word, then they pass judgment on us by calling us a call. So in that uh, this uh, this uh, this weekend, I, I've been listening to it, and, and and I really got I really got aggravated because how they took what was a righteous thing and they added it to that word cult, and how they mixed it in and made it something that it's not. Mm-hmm. I, I, I you know, and, and 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 if you haven't if you haven't heard it, uh, it, it it's about uh, Mary uh, Mary uh, Cosby, mm-hmm. uh, the the granddaughter of the late. Dr. Rosemary Redmond Cosby at Faith Temple uh, Pentecostal Church, and, uh, and, and 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 she was one that I really I, I really enjoyed her preaching, and I even enjoyed her teaching, and uh, I, I really don't have much to say about the granddaughter, you know, because uh, there's a whole lot there that is so off the page that we won't even get into. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, Rosemary laid a foundation. Now, how deep it was, and whether it was, whatever they want to say it is, uh, uh, it's on them, and she only knows Mm -hmm. the intent of her heart. Mm -hmm. But I know her from laying a foundation that spoke truth to the people that wanted to hear it. Mm -hmm. See, a lot of times, people think that people have taken people, and made them belong to these establishments, people go where they feel a game does not make people join them. Mm-hmm. They just show the friendship or the family-ship mm-hmm. to somebody that is outside, or feel neglected, or overlooked, and they show them kindred that brings them in. You know, and in, in that interview, I, 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 uh, I tell you, they hit on something that I believe, I teach, And we at this house of prayer, this holy kingdom, stand on and believe. And that is the revelation. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I want to read this for all of them out there that is so mesmerized and messed up with the revelation. It's in your Bible. It's in your Bible. And a man in the flesh Mm -hmm. was able to receive the revelation. Matter of fact, there were two men in the flesh. We know John the Revelator yeah. that wrote the book of Revelation, mm-hmm. spoke about the revelation that he had on the Isle of Adam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, look at this in the book of Matthew, in your Bibles, is the book of Matthew, the 16th chapter and the 15th verse. And it says, when and we're not sure, the, the 13th and the 14th verse, uh, well, I'm just going to read the 15th verse. It said, He said uh, to them, but whom do you say that I am? And it says, then Simon Kepa, which is Peter, answered and said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living father. Yahshua, mm-hmm. Yashua answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon, son, and it goes on to say, flesh and blood, only has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Mm -hmm. And the 18th verse says, and I I also say to you, I also say to you who are Kepha, which is Peter, Mm -hmm. whose name is Rock, Mm -hmm. that upon this rock, Yahweh's unity, I will build this house. And In reading this, I really, this is where I knew that the revelation was true. Mm -hmm. You know, now, I know they said that they're saying that Mary is telling them that she's God. Mm -hmm. And all of that, and I can't help that. That's what Mary said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, Mary, don't you eat tell Martha don't mourn. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's not what I'm saying. Amen. The truth of the revelation is what Mama had taught. Mama didn't teach them that she was God Mm -hmm. by way of her fleshly man. But if you read this scripture and you really look into this, Peter, a man, Kepa, a man just like you and I was so engulfed in the word in consciousness. That when another man, Yahshua, stood before him, he did not see that man, but he saw the spirit of a man in Mm -hmm. that man. Yes. Mm -hmm. Glory. Mm -hmm. I'm here to tell y'all something. This revelation is real. Yes, it is. It's not a thing that, it's not a brainwash, it's not a cult, it's not to be misunderstood, it's not to be played with, it's not to be shut and jived around with because it is real and it is not an open thing because everybody won't receive it.
1: Mm You know, if you understand it, you can't understand something that you ain't trying to
0: receive. I I totally agree with that. If you ain't trying to understand it, you don't want it. Exactly.
2: So. And you can't receive it if you try to understand
0: it. You can't under, There is no search <laughs> of his understanding.
2: You just gotta let it go, cause it's both ways. You can't understand it if you want to receive it, and you can't receive it if you want to understand it. So it's just, it's just. Ooh, Father, yes. Go yeah. ahead, Bishop.
1: Even I mean, even if you look at the whole story, the premise of how Kepa Peter came up with that answer, he wasn't reliant or relying on the answers that the other disciples gave. 'Cause if he was relying on what the other disciples gave, then he would have never seen beyond with his own with his own sight. And then they even raised the question, then where is heaven? Because if he said heaven gave that to you, if your father in heaven gave that, where, where's the father in heaven? Because it didn't say that he showed himself in a physical form either. Mm-hmm. It just said your father in heaven gave this to you. It, it said flesh and blood not only, but your father in heaven. So that also is a question for most who will be inquiring minds want to know then where's heaven, right? It, where's heaven? Because it didn't say it didn't say heaven came down to him on earth. It didn't say that at all. It didn't say that the heavenly father Yahweh came down to him and gave him the answer. Yes, it didn't right. say that at all. It just said your father in heaven revealed this to you. But yet you said the father was in me. So it's like a puzzle. But only I can't you I can't explain it. Another person's panel can explain it to anybody who's not. You can watch and watch and watch, but if you're not open to under to willing to want to receive for yourself, we can explain and tell you what heaven is, but if you don't want to be open to receive of the words of any of us on the panel and do your own research then you'll never ever understand and realize where heaven exactly. is actually at and then if you can't do that then you'll mm-hmm. never be able to see beyond what others are even trying to give their perspective of because even the disciples they gave the best answer they knew mm-hmm. they was not wrong in what they gave they gave what they knew but Keppa was open to more than what he just knew for Vulnerably himself. Vulnerably open. Exactly. He mm-hmm. was open to more than what he knew for himself. So. And, and the excitement of that is,
0: is that uh, the disciples only were able to go as far as their consciousness mm-hmm. allowed them. Mm-hmm. This is why, at the beginning of this podcast, we start talking about the mind because if the mind does not expand, then your stand in the Father will not expand. Mm-hmm. If you get stuck in your stuff or things that have been handed down and not search the scriptures, Mm -hmm. where you'll find eternal life in them, then you too will be stuck right there, passing it down to the next generation in your perimeter. And that's what I love about it, because Kepa being a man, Peter, Mm -hmm. Peter being a man just like the two All all of us on this panel and anyone else, we're, we're human. And this is why we say, we can't live, we can't see him, amen. However, but the disciples, Even in their inability inability to really see beyond the Mm man, they had respect for the man Mm -hmm. in the things that they had comprehended. And I'm just going to tell you, the reason why Kepa, Peter, was able to go further than he did was because heaven resided. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. he reached the point in consciousness that he knew where heaven and he knew where hell was. Exactly. Mm-hmm. See, we don't have to preach you in hell. You know where that is. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know where hell is. If not, look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And if you get the word in you, you will also know where heaven resides.
1: Exactly.
0: I-, I tell you, when I began to look at that interview, man, and I begin to see them trying to compare uh, Dr. Rosemary Redmond Cosby to Mary Cosby, her granddaughter, it it troubled my spirit uh, because uh, I know the revelation is real. Mm -hmm, It is. Amen. I know it, and I know some of those that belong to this holy kingdom, not all, but some of them that belong to this holy kingdom have opened up their eyes. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And eyes don't necessarily mean, and better yet, eyes do not have anything to do with your natural eye first. Yes, sir. Definitely. You got to open up the levels of your thinking mm-hmm. first. Then when you open up your eyes, he stands right there before you.
2: Yes.
0: And I, I'm s I am i do not apologize for getting excited, but I just believe you can't talk about it without getting excited. Mm-hmm.
2: In that conversation, if I'm not mistaken. Did the disciples not say they say? Hey. And then mm, And then Peter came back and said, You are. Yes. So in in talking, it showed a difference. Mm-hmm. The disciples said, they say. So they was going by rumor of. Mm-hmm. And and, and Keppel, who is Peter, went by what he saw, what he was seeing, and that that he believed. Yes. And yeah, that's man. why he was able to say, You are. Yes. So it, it, it's, it's a big difference that if I'm standing, I could be standing with people of the church. And if I say, my bishop, mm-hmm. and they say, well, bishop, mm-hmm. it really identifies the identifier, if I can say it like that, because I have put ownership to who you are to me. Right. So that's just, that's just how I hear the conversation as you're talking, and that's how it's written in, 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 in the word of well they say you are. Mm-hmm. And Kepa said, you are. Mm-hmm. So he knew exactly who he was looking upon.
0: Yes, yes, he did. Yes, he did. And and, and what I loved about him was he did not identify sure. the man. In your Bible, he did not say Jesus. Mm-hmm. In our Bible, he did not say Yahshua. Mm-hmm. But he said, in your Bible, Christ. Mm-hmm. The Christ. Mm-hmm. In our Bible, he said the Messiah. So he acknowledged the anointing mm-hmm. in the man. He saw the man. Come on, somebody. Mm -hmm. He saw the man. He saw the man standing there. Mm -hmm. But he was able to go to heaven in his consciousness, which bypassed the flesh of man. And he saw the power of the father in that man. Mm -hmm. And humility allowed him to identify the power in that man. Mm -hmm. Because if he was halted, self-exalted, he would not have even been able to see it.
2: And how can it not be true? How can it not be true know. when 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 when, he, when Kepa saw that? He saw the word that we now read to this day and say that we believe. Yes. So how can the anointing that was coming out of the mouth of Yahshua before it was even written not dwell within us if we read it and believe it on today? Exactly.
1: Well, also, to go along with that, how can you not when you say that you have the anointing? Yes, you say I can. Mean, you, have, you yes. should have the anointing you say that you have. Oh yeah. boy. So, so I do in living. That's a whole other
0: conversation. Ooh. People always talk about how much anointing they have.
2: It's fallen.
0: Uh, they, they, they they got the anointing and and he and and, and and truly I'm not making light mm-hmm. of that, you know. But it's more to who the father is than what we have given him credit for. I mean, he is a life changer. Yeah. He's not a robe wearer. Mm-hmm. Now we wear robes and beautiful robes, and I'm one that'll wear a robe in a heartbeat. I, I I I got this off of Facebook the other day, and I said I was going to use it, and and it was just a clip it, 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 about uh, about what we what we are just now saying. It says we seek to do right by all, mm-hmm. and most of all ourselves, we seek to refrain from the things of the world, but yet we wish and desire the things of the world. How can we walk in his calling when we know we have not even heard his voice? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How can you receive a calling when you don't even answer the phone and don't recognize the voice? I receive a lot of calls all through the week. And some calls, I'm, 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 I won't say blessed, but I'm fortunate that it says spam risk. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah, <laughs> that it says spam risk. On, but there are some calls that gets through mm-hmm. that don't even say spam risk, and I answer it.
2: Mm-hmm. But on, when Bishop. I
0: answer it, and it's an
2: unfamiliar voice. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm not interested.
0: I hang up immediately. (laughs) So when you got all these other voices calling you and you answering, Mm. if you carry on the conversation, you won't be able to identify their voice at all. You know, (laughs) you won't be able to identify their (laughs) voice. Amen. But if you really, if you really, uh, if you really know, you know, uh, if you really are interested in knowing his voice, then you can receive instructions. And I don't know about you, but I am so excited for this podcast. And yes. we, we're going to be coming to you with more knowledge. We're not trying to convert you, but we just want to come, you know, and, and just have a, a discussion and talk about the word. And 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 we want you to share Share, share. Subscribe. We want you to subscribe. Yes. Mike. Amen. And build up this word. Yeah. Yes. Amen. It, it may not be a word that you you've heard, but and you may not even agree with it right now. Yeah. But if you listen to it, mm-hmm. if you listen to it past the weekend, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. almost guarantee you, you're gonna be able to stand on it. Yes, sir. If you can make it past the weekend, because you know we get excited over something new, mm-hmm. and the third day. Uh, we rise. Mm-hmm. Amen. So we want you to really get excited. I really love all of you. I thank Elder Leonard Scott, thank which is really one of the me. one of the great uh, elders here at our temple. Amen. At uh, the Greater New Jerusalem Temple of Truth, our holy kingdom. Amen. And we are so excited to have with us also yeah. Elder Candace Jean Merritt. She is the administrator of our daycare and one of the great elders yeah. in our temple. Amen. We love you. Each of you wherever you are we bless you amen and we pray that your day be wonderful wonderful but remember now it is only what you make it yeah. amen and thoughts are things and things do materialize we are excited because we will be back with you before you even get a chance to miss us we intend to be in your house we intend to be in your car We intend to be wherever you are so we can just bug you just for a little while longer. Amen. Be blessed, amen. Be delivered, and most of all, get set free. Put your mind on him. Mm -hmm. We are going to have a time. Be blessed, be safe, and know that he is. Is Every single.